Hello? Can I ask you a question? Why are you gay? Her. LGBT. I know that's right. Her. <laughs> Wrong answer, forehead. Lizard! Not another one? What is this? Bitch! We're in a different era. It's not to go down. Where you are right now? Black people be. Her. You are. Black people purr. Yeah, it's funny game. Bitch, let's go! Hey everyone, I'm Be the Half, and welcome to this month's episode of the Halftime Show with an audio game interview where, like life, I'm just winging it at this point. My August guest is someone I'm super excited to introduce you guys to. Um, longtime friend, mutual, I've seen them become a true multi hyphenate. And today we'll mostly be talking about their embrace of intuitive gifts through spiritual-based mediumship, herbalism, and tarot, which is rooted all in Southern African-American hoodoo. I'm so excited to have you on. It's Bree Zeroni. Hi, guys. What's Bree. up? <laughs> I can't believe I, like, have known you for, like, seven years plus. I, it, I didn't even realize it, would, it had been seven years I until know. you mentioned it. Oh, my gosh. Like, Wow. Literally seen you blossom, feel so for full circle. Like been being in group chats with you when you're younger, and then like now we're like full adults. I know, <laughs> like no, even just thinking about your journey and like seeing you literally go through college, oh, and graduating, <laughs> like <laughs> it's such a surreal experience. And then hearing like you're you're doing research and you're publishing, I'm like, oh, be <laughs> out here. He's doing a damn thing. That's so, so funny. I forgot about like publishing and stuff. I was redoing my resume the other day and I was like, wow, I really have like lived several lives at this point. <laughs> no, really. Like you've been out here since I've known you just getting stuff done. Like I'm so proud of you and to just watch you from afar is amazing. Wow. No, that seriously. literally touches my heart and watching <laughs> you like from afar and being able to like support you when I can through tarot. Yeah. Ugh, gosh. Age. I know. <laughs> I know, I know. I, listen, I'm talking about that. I, I know. I turn 25 next week. I just turned 26 oh. last month. What so. is it like to have a fully frontal, uh, like, you know, frontal A lobe? fully developed frontal yeah. cord? What is that like? It's um, scary, actually, because mm -hmm. you look back at your life and you're like, damn, everyone was right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, it all makes sense. And, like, things start clicking and... And it's scary because you're like, I was really out here raw dog in life. Oh my god! In a different way. In a different, <laughs> in a different way. way. Not in a yeah. non, not like not in a sober way. Like in a different way. Like I was just out here, balls to the wind. Wow. Confused about yeah. everything, and now things are starting to like fall into place mm. about taking care of yourself, your vitamins, mm. like making sure that you <laughs> vitamins. <laughs> Like, I used to take my daily vitamin as a child, but then somewhere along the way, I just kind of, mm. like, forgot. Yeah. But coming back and, like, turning in, in your 20s, you yeah. have, have to be on to. top of it. You have and, to. like, stretching. Oh, my gosh. My grandmother used to make me stretch as a kid. And I was like, why oh, have a stretch? I'm young and spry. I'm 13. Like, my bones are never going to no. fail me. And then 22 hits, and you're like, what the fuck? What's that creak no. in my back? <laughs> Seriously. So, those are, like, the main two things. But, yeah, just taking care of yourself and making sure that you are emotionally on top of things mm. too because if you're not then it, things can get very out of hand very quickly yeah like one of the things you mentioned in pre-show when we were talking which i thought was super fascinating really relatable was talking about being a retired people pleaser like in your youth prior to the frontal cortex development like <laughs> did you feel like that was like your the heyday of your people pre pleasing journey absolutely 
A hundred percent because you are so emotionally vulnerable as a child, mm-hmm. as a young adult. And that's why people say, you know, you turn 18, you're legally an adult, but you're not mentally an adult. Yeah. And so it, you have to really um, take a second to consider yourself, your needs and all of that. But it's really hard because you're still fresh in your line of thinking. Mm. You haven't really unlearned a lot. You haven't really experienced a lot. And then when you turn, you know, after 18, that's when you're out there. You just get everything thrown at you. The world yeah. is new. So you want to kind of please people without hurting yourself, but it, right. it, it doesn't work out that way, you know? I, yeah, as a also a retired people pleaser, I <laughs> resonate with that. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like maybe like for me at least, uh, prior to 18 was definitely less people pleaser, like didn't really care. Mm-hmm. Balls to win, like you said, like God protects the babies and the fools, I swear. <laughs> and then somewhere like 18 to 22, I was like, I should be this type of person because like this right. is what society thinks I should be. Like definitely prior to 18, like as a minor, oh, like just just absolutely like insane like you know like just bucking all social norms and then like somewhere between 18 through 22 you're like oh maybe i should do the social norms because i'm an adult now and like i i want to be an adult this is how adults live and then yeah it's that box yeah it's like that box time and Mm -hmm. then i feel like maybe somewhere between 24 then i was like okay i'm gonna start like being myself again because this is too much to maintain yeah, 23 to 25 is where you usually kind of like, because that's when your your brain starts getting ready to develop. <laughs> it's like, oh, we got to put pop the brakes on the whoa, 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 Yeah, let's not get out of hand here. But um, your brain kind of wants to put you first mm-hmm. at that point in time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, teenage years, you're very much so rebellious. Oh, yeah. And nobody can tell me what to do. I'm my own person. I'm, I'm him. You know, <laughs> I'm him. Him do you um i know you're not like super like your focus is not astrology but do you know if there is like a spiritual or astrological um like parallel to why you know 16 plus like you're super rebellious and then 18 you kind of like you know mellow out maybe and like kind of fall into that people pleasing and then why 23 um because i know saturn sure. return is 27 I don't know. I know yeah. that's not, like, explicitly your realm, but I was curious. Yeah, like, I'm not a think. super astro person. Like, that's... I'm not really into the astro mm-hmm. realm. But, um, no, I'm, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a, a reason. I think it's more just societal pressure. Mm, that's fair. I think it's... Yeah, I think it's more just societal pressure. How did you personally get over your people-pleasing aspects? Um. Well, I had to... I very hard-headed <laughs> so it took me a, a couple of lessons to mm-hmm. figure out that I had to stop people pleasing right um to the point where I just physically could not entertain it anymore mm. and saying no had to be my savior right so it was like as much as I physically didn't want to do it and it took so much for the word no to come <laughs> out of me <laughs> like I had to do it yeah. so was yours like you're taking on too many projects or you're taking on too many like other people's burdens kind of thing? Yeah, it's bur- people's burdens have always been really an issue for me mm-hmm. because I really just want to help people. Like that's my main thing. Mm-hmm. I'm a cancer sun. I'm a cancer <laughs> stellium. <laughs> so like sun, moon, mark. Oh all my cancer. gosh. Yeah. So it's like I want to do things and I want to be there for people. But 
at the same time, like I, I want to help people and their burdens. I would love to help solve those burdens mm-hmm. and those issues, but I know that I physically cannot do this anymore. Right. I know that people have to take care of the things on their own because right. I have to take care of myself on right. my own. Right. Everyone so, has to live it was just that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know we have. I want. I want to say we have a young listening base, but. Uh, Every once in a while, somebody will expose themselves <laughs> for being, like, 17, 18, 19. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're a young person. So, yeah. like, do you think, and I know that spirituality, I don't want to say it's popular right now, but it's coming to the forefront of mm-hmm. um, a lot of our lives, especially with everything going around. I think people are looking for something to cling to and grasp to, and there's not a lot of material things to cling to and grasp to anymore. Yeah. Um, so, like, for our younger listeners, do you think that people have to rid themselves or, you know, quote, unquote, be healed uh, before they start their spiritual journey, I th- see that a lot. Like, no, as I was doing my as I was doing my investigative research for this episode, and I was looking at tons of like spiritual witch talk TikToks, which I think, and I was like reading tons of article and melting my brain. Um, <laughs> and like it was a reoccurring theme where people were like, "This is how you do your shadow work before mm-hmm. you start your spiritual journey." And uh, you know, we'll get into like TikTok spirituality later, but just for clarification, do you think that the journey is what quote unquote heals you? Can humans ever be healed? And you know. Like, I don't know, give reassurance for those who are starting that pathway who might be a little younger than mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I say that it's more about accountability. You don't have to be healed. Mm-hmm. The whole mm-hmm. process is healing. Um, mm-hmm. A major part of spirituality is having to continuously check yourself mm-hmm. over and over and over again. So it's just like relationships when people are like, oh, I, come to me healed. That's There's no such thing as being fully healed when coming into a relationship. Especially when you're 19. Exactly. <laughs> and there's no such thing as being healed coming into spirituality because it is a process. It's always going to be a mm. process. Um, uh, for me, like my father, he has been sober for years. But mm-hmm. everybody knows that if you deal with str- uh, struggle with substance abuse, it's mm-hmm. an ongoing process. You're always going mm-hmm. to feel like you, you the, t- the temptation is always in your brain, you know? Right. So it's kind of like similar to where you're always going to have to be healing. You're always going to have to be reworking yourself. You're always going to have right. to be checking in. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're getting into the process of, of wanting to heal or wanting to dig a little deeper into your subconscious and the things that are affecting you, first of all, start with yourself. Sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of people say mirror work is good, but mirror work is good when it's done correctly. What's mirror work? Is that similar to shadow work? Yes, it's a tool okay. to shadow work. Um, so okay. mirror work, a lot of people call it scrying. Um, it depends on the context you use it in, but a lot of people like to stand in front of the mirror and do their affirmation. Stuff like that mm-hmm. is definitely helpful. But okay. don't look in the mirror and start asking yourself questions and start like berating yourself because the mirror is a portal. Portals mm-hmm. are very, very significant. You don't always know what is on the other side of that portal. Mm-hmm. So don't feed into that. But mm-hmm. if you are willing to just look at yourself and be like, this is what I need to hear. I need to be accountable for my actions. That is what is important. Right. So, yeah. And do you feel as if like kind of like taking that accountability is what helped you better align spiritually, emotionally, physically, and all these different aspects? A hundred percent, because I know that life is about ebbs and flows. It's mm-hmm. not always going to be linear. It's not always going to look the way I want it to. And it's about checking myself in that moment. So if I'm upset mm-hmm. or if I'm feeling some type of way, instead of carrying it with me, I have to sit down with myself and maybe journal it out or maybe keep mm-hmm. revisiting it until I'm over it or giving myself a time limit and saying, you have until this day to feel the way that you do, and then you're gonna move on with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just being upfront 
to my own emotional like viewing process or like healing process Mm -hmm. is what makes it the journey right yeah sounds like like kind of like unblocking a lot of limiting beliefs about your own self and about the larger world um is that i i guess not to streamline it because i know nothing is linear Mm -hmm. but it seems like the process to you know quote unquote spiritualism i Mm -hmm. not not as if spiritualism is not an actual thing but I don't really know what else to call it. I mean, no, um, the entire like the entire process, like so many p- different religions are encapsulated in that term. Mm-hmm. So it's right. to me, I think that's completely fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you know, one, you're acknowledging and you're taking accountability for things that you possibly may have done to others, mm-hmm. um, and that others may have done to yourself, or you know, ideals that you hold, and then two, like working through those issues, and then three, like as you start to unblock those limiting beliefs, then, you know, this intuitiveness kind of sets in. Uh, Is that kind of correct? Yeah, I mean, um, I just found out this term yesterday, but I practiced this thing called dialectical thinking, which is where Mm -hmm. two things or multiple things can be true at the same time. So Mm -hmm. I can have my feelings and feel the way that I do, but I can also acknowledge that what I did probably wasn't the best or I didn't operate in a healthy way i was upset Mm -hmm. i was angry but i was also Mm -hmm. upset and angry because of x y and z right so it's all a part of that accountability process for me at least i know some people go through it differently but Mm -hmm. um yeah it's about just making sure that you're taking care of yourself checking in Mm -hmm. communicating which is a big thing not only to Mm -hmm. yourself but to your ancestors to your people what 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 have you right and so on and so forth Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, do you think that anyone can be an intuitive or is it like an innate thing or do you think we all have varying levels? Because mm-hmm. um, I hear a lot of people talk about intuition and then there's some confusion about what's intuition, mm-hmm. what is anxiety, what is like your mind just, you know, blabbing around all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, do you think anyone can be intuitive or is it just kind of like if you are born with, you know, the veil over your eyes, then you are intuitive and the rest of you all are. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Everyone can, is intuitive to a certain extent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when people say, trust your gut, yeah, that's your intuition. Um, your anxiety is not going to have you second guessing or questioning anything. True. Right. So when you think of anxiety, there's always those, well, what if, what if this happens? And okay, well, I have to be mindful of it. And oh my goodness. And, it, mm-hmm. and then it starts being very overwhelming, mm-hmm. but your intuition is more so just like a, I know, I know it to be true. I know it is. I feel it. It's happening. You can't deter me from that fact. Um, X, Y, like you, you just, you know. That's intuition yeah. when you like your first feel mind, mm-hmm. that like that middle of the brain kind of feeling. That like exactly. That, yeah, my grandmother always calls it like that split second thought. She's like, "What's the first thought you had?" Like that's the intuition. Like just yes. go with that. Yes. You know, you already yeah. So we maybe we all have like our own individual intuition, and then there's people who are intuitive to a definitely scale. Yeah, because like with me, um, I didn't realize that my intuition, like I didn't feel secure in my intuition until a couple of years ago when I found out that it was passed down to me like Mm -hmm. until I was able to actually start communicating with spirits and stuff and they were like yeah Mm -hmm. girl it's on both sides of your family like you got this like you you can't you can't hide from this you want to be in it or not because we're gonna jump you in so (laughs) (laughs) every day (laughs) I'm fighting for my life (laughs) but everybody is intuitive to a certain extent I think that it's really just about how how much you trust yourself because Mm -hmm. that is one of the most important things is knowing how well you trust yourself and not letting other people's perceptions, ideologies, 
uh, feelings, fears, any of that. And that goes mm-hmm. along with the people pleasing and getting rid of the people pleasing aspects of mm-hmm. your life is learning how to trust yourself over other people's advice, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Yeah, like over other people's advice, societal pressures. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. The input, because we do have a lot of like pressures and, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, we live in a society. Yeah. Um, but like we do. And yeah. I think that that's fair to say that like all of those can help diminish your in- intuition. I don't know what the purpose of that would be, but there's yeah. probably some purpose in it diminishing your intuition. Yeah. Um, so like, it's kind of diff- different levels of practicing. Yeah, say, like definitely, definitely. Okay. Um, it's it really just depends on who you are and and what your people want for you, but also mm-hmm. your journey in life. Like, if you are mm-hmm. working towards being a lawyer, you have to trust mm-hmm. yourself. But you're right. also a root worker, or it's in your family. <laughs> are you talking about Clarence Thomas? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> We were talking about this in pre-show, guys, but um, we <laughs> think that Clarence Thomas is a root worker. He looks like one to me. Something in his it's face. To me, the, the mustache? Shape. It's the mustache. I'm telling you, that that head shape, <laughs> I was like, look, I don't know who you're talking to, but... Uh, yeah. He he does give off that very strong vibe. So when you look like, at him, he just has that face, that mean, yeah, he does. that face of like, mm, I could root you, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. But I, I could just put a root on him, but I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, and he married a white woman. Wow. Mm. You know mm. what? <laughs> I'm gonna stop that right there. Yeah, I'm gonna just keep my mouth because, like I said, he might be rude. So, reeling back a little bit, I said in your intro that you primarily practice hoodoo, and it's a Black yeah. Southern religion, primarily in the Mississippi, Atlanta, Atlanta. <laughs> primarily in well, the well, well, <laughs> primarily from scammers. Mississippi. Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana region, Delta area. Um, is there what makes the difference in the regional hoodoo that you practice versus, um, it, say, somebody from the Carolinas, Maryland, Virginia, this pathway? Um, um, I would say it's just about really the roots and the herbs and how you were taught to deal with them. Okay. Um, not everybody's roots work the same way your roots do. Sure. It all depends on what you speak. And when you say them. roots. Do you mean physical roots? Just for clarification. Oh, sorry. Yes. I I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yes. I mean, herbs. I mean, really anything that you're working towards, but mostly Mm -hmm. the herbs, paying the herbs, Herbs, respecting the herbs. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Talismans. So so you're saying that regional differences would make sense in the terms of like the materials that you use, not necessarily like what they do. Um, Yes and no, because... The way I would work a route would not be the same way somebody else works a route in New York mm-hmm. or or Arkansas or Louisiana, et cetera, mm-hmm. especially in Louisiana, because there there's Creole hoodoo, mm-hmm. there's New Orleans hoodoo, like there's so many different types. Um, but you have to sort of be initiated under these practices. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I say initiated, I mean, like, for me, I'm being initiated by my ancestors, which means mm-hmm. that they come they come to me and they help me. They speak to mm-hmm. me and tell me how to you know manipulate, how to wash, how to cleanse, how to bless, how to honor. So it's very interesting to to think about how many different people like because I'm from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Me and my people, we go back. But those roots come down. They come exactly, but they come down from Mississippi and Louisiana and Alabama, right. right? So the way that they did it up there still may not have been the same right. way that we do it right. in Chicago because right. it's different people teaching you every time. Right. True. As as 
And it's not that anything's getting lost, it's no. just getting modified. Right. And I think that that's one of the main things, especially in this day and age, we have to be mindful about <laughs> about our practices because a lot of elders may not be comfortable with the way that we're practicing now, but mm-hmm. they their elders probably weren't comfortable with the way that they were practicing then. That's fair. Because I, I have a couple of books and... Not to expose myself. No. But when I have a, I have a couple of books mm-hmm. um, that I read and that I kind of learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of the stuff is older. Like, you know, the roots will come from. like, And when I say roots, I'm talking about, like, I guess the spells or, like, the practice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the root work that is in the book will come from 1926, 1826, and it's been passed down. And it's obviously been modified. But then the materials that they ask for sometimes have to be substituted. And right. I think that's maybe where the modifications come in mm-hmm. over time. Because let's say, you know, you're getting blacksmith iron in Mississippi in, you know, the 1840s. When, mm-hmm. you're, you, when your people, your de- descendants migrated to Chicago... Mm-hmm. You weren't really around a lot of blacksmiths, but what did you no. have? You had a railroad, so you exactly. got rail. You got you got like the grains off the railroad, mm-hmm. um, or the like iron that rubbed off of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, but like, as you were saying, maybe that was not. It's not the case. Been, yeah, you ever heard, of, you ever heard like of the term? You ever heard of the term "make a dollar out of fifteen cent? Yeah, that's hoodoo. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I view it. At least it's taking something that you have on hand and right. being able to manipulate it and to work it to help you out especially mm-hmm. for black peoples because mm-hmm. it's a tool for us mm-hmm. made by us true so why wouldn't we be able to make something out of nothing that's true i think about um food a lot. i'm interested in food and i don't think i'm a food researcher yet but i'm very interested in food and like where food comes from yeah and i've been reading like a lot of books about the african-american food ways mm-hmm. especially pre-emancipation mm-hmm. and you know they talk about the difference in food as it came from west africa to here the type of greens that were used the type of meats that were used mm-hmm. was it more fatty meat used over here so i think all of these things are related and it that's what it reminded me of dollar out of 15 cents like yeah. you know if i've got corn if I got pork and I got some type of salad green, I can make something. It might not be what I used to eat, but exactly. it's filling and it's a comfort food and it tastes good. And that's how culture gets passed down. Exactly. There's like this show called High on the Hog. Um, I on watched Netflix. that. That is, that's hoodoo. Yeah. Like, I think cooking can be hoodoo. It is hoodoo. I know that In when I cook ways. and I like, cause you think about it, think about family dinners, Sunday family dinners after people mm-hmm. go to church right that is it is to me is hoodoo because you have the eldest the eldest woman the matriarch Mm -hmm. in the kitchen cooking up stuff blessing love and putting putting so much love and honor and and hope and dedication into the food Mm -hmm. and we all bless the meal you know she'll Mm -hmm. sit at the head of the table and we'll bless the meal as a family everybody's holding Mm -hmm. hands speaking prayer over the food and then you're eating Mm -hmm. it saying thanks and being grateful and and thinking your ancestors right. and vetting your ancestors to eat with you because i know i invite right. my ancestors to eat with me when i don't right. feed them on the altar i'm like y'all come and get this food we about to eat <laughs> so <laughs> so i think that we have to be a little bit more open about our thinking when we think about hoodoo and spiritual practices and being mm-hmm. a little bit more inclusive and that's why i think that decolonizing it is really important because we have mm-hmm. to be more mindful about our ancestral practices true and how they're intertwined exactly in current day systems exactly um because I remember, like, my uncle, when he moved into his new place, mm-hmm. I remember, this was a long time ago, but, like, <laughs> he threw all these pennies up in the air. And I was like, I had to be like, 
13. I was like, what the hell are you throwing these pennies up in the air? But when I got my book, it's called 365 Days of Hoodoo. Have I done all of it? No, I did not. Um, <laughs> you don't have like to. Two years. Look, I'm on my you know, own. I want to say this. I want to say this. There is no linear journey. You are not supposed to True. always be at your altar doing works and stuff like that. A lot of your journey is living. Yeah. And the hoodoo is just supposed to back it up. Right. Yeah. So I just want to make that disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he threw all these pennies in the air and mm-hmm. I was so mad because I had to pick them up and <laughs> put them back in the jar. But then, you know, as you think about it, it's like that's kind of like some type of blessing of the house. Like mm-hmm. money is always involved or, you know, and I and I also think about how I don't know if your parents did this, but my parents did this. I had this water jug and mm-hmm. we would just put loose change in there. And that was. Oh, I was right. Yeah. And it's like. That kind of comes from that, mm-hmm. which comes from something else. Mm-hmm. Um, or like all of these ideas of hoodoo are kind of intertwined to the African-American way of living, I think, at this point. Yeah. And sometimes we don't even know. It's in the African-American experience. And a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that. <laughs> like they think that, especially yeah. a lot of Christians, um, a lot of black Christians, I'm not taking any shots, but there are certain things like even just speaking to the Lord and praying is hoodoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, reading the Psalms is hoodoo um i can't think off the top of my head but there's so many things that are just intertwined in hoodoo that are just a part of our process now as black humans mm-hmm. that a lot of people just don't want to acknowledge yeah because um yeah and like people will acknowledge it but then it's kind of like or demonize it yeah demonize it mm-hmm. or they'll just judge you off of like what they assume that you might do mm-hmm. um and we were talking pre-show again and you were talking about you know you believe in gatekeeping hoodoo i believe in gatekeeping of everything it's same um, <laughs> every time you're like you're trying to gate to keep something on the the podcast i'm like i'm right there with you yeah i truly believe in it i like agree with you 100 percent um do you think that going back to the regional hoodoo do you think there should be a gatekeeping of regional hoodoo or does it not matter as much because of you know the, Afri- the mass migrations of african-americans all over the place mm-hmm. over you know all of these centuries um, I think that instead of focusing on gatekeeping because the information is going to get out there somehow, mm-hmm. which does suck, um, yeah. I think that we need to focus more on initiations mm-hmm. um, or at least vetting processes. People who want to give out information that's nice, that's free and dandy, but there also needs to be a, well, how do you practice or do you practice? And mm-hmm. there needs to be some sort of code or at least... Or Some how do you sort of, share? Right, like how do you share? Because everybody's too eager to like just be to like give out I know information. This, to give out information. I'm like, nigga, you've given it to the white man. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> like, no, yeah, seriously. Just like it's when, too um, eager. The what was the the language? I think in the pre show we were talking about how Oh, the, Adrian, what was that language? I forget. I don't know. It was that language that was going around a couple months ago and people were sharing like how to, it was basically like pig Latin, but it wasn't pig Latin. It was but it was for, for black folks. But it, but it was, was like our native a native tongue. A native tongue of black language. Tut. Tut. Yes. And people were going around and, you know, doing Tut 101 lessons. And it's like, first of all, you just <laughs> learned this. Second of all, why are you putting it on TikTok where it's going to appear on some white person's for you page? If we needed to use the damn language, we wouldn't be able to use the fucking language now. At all. So I think we're going to get to it after um, we do a couple of games, but I definitely want to talk about like the rise of spiritual uh, TikTok spiritualism and how does that affect like, you know, initiated people or people wishing to get initiated or those that think it should still remain a closed practice and, Mm -hmm. you know, what are Mm -hmm. the 
the tensions there. But it is time for our first game. Yay! So our first game is called Questionable Impressions. I'm going to spin the wheel, give you a person, place, or character, and whatever it lands on, then you'll do your best impression and continue the interview with that impression until I say stop. Oh Are you ready? Um, <laughs> I'm a little nervous, but okay, let's this, go. got this. Free, your questionable impression is a British mobster from World War One who may or may <laughs> not have buck fifty someone in the face. Think Top Gun. Um. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't think we've done a British accent on the show, which is like ridiculous because it's my favorite. That's accent very. That's very surprising. Um, it is quite surprising. <laughs> good one but it's know. not easy to i'm taking your lead bray i'm taking your lead i think i've watched enough skins to be able to have this conversation <laughs> skins <laughs> all right then uh from hackney that's the only thing i know from britain from hackney. um all right bray i want to rewind and talk <laughs> about you know the many hats that you wear you're an artist you're a painter yeah you used to work in a beauty industry yeah which, you know own type of stressor man um what's your release from it all and you know can spirituality function as a release for it for you or is it kind of difficult because now it's kind of you know work a bit well um i'm not gonna lie i smoke a lot of weed not all right all right but no um quality time with my family is oh, definitely beautiful. a lot yeah it's but definitely wow. Definitely one of the top things. I love that. What um, do you? What, what kind of quality activities do you do with your fam? We watch a lot of television. Yeah. Oh, television. The yeah. telly. Yeah, the telly. We watch a lot of telly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What What is your favorite shows on the telly with your family? Ah, uh, we we binge watch uh, quite a lot of reality TV shows. If I'm oh. real, real housewives. If yeah. Real if housewives. Catch, yeah. If you catch my drift. Real housewives yeah. of acne. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. What else do you like to do in your free time that kind of gets you a release from it all? Um, really, I would say creating is a creating. big part. Yeah, it's a big part of of letting my stress go. <laughs> Did you sound like a doubt? <laughs> yeah, like queen. Yeah, that's long live the queen. Yeah, long live the queen. Yeah, Elizabeth. Oh. But yeah, I would say oh, the, painting. Mm-hmm, the painting. The painting. The painting. Mm-hmm. What about the paint? Is it the brush strokes that gets you going on the, you know, the release, or is it finishing a project and saying, "Wow, I done did that." The whole process for real. The process. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you go to art school, or you know, no. did you take the? Did you take the ideas that you had from beauty school and you know do makeup and apply that to painting? And yeah. you, know, you were like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do Yeah, I mean the 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 latter. The latter. Is it the latter? Yeah. The, the latter, yeah. Yeah, I just okay. said I just said fuck it. And I just I threw Ooh. I threw paint on the on the canvas and I, I said <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you think Adele has buck fifty somebody in the face? Oh I would hope again. so. You, you you think you think Adele has book fifty someone in the face before? <laughs> Oh, I, I would hope so. Somebody. 
I would say so. she's done the finger guns. I would have skipped her. You remember <laughs> she, she was wearing when she was in the Bantu Knots, yeah. In the Bantu Knots, I think yeah. she's a bit comfortable. She's a she's a know. she's proper Jamaican, you know. Yeah, she's proper. She's definitely proper. a proper Jamaican. Yeah. Oh, what is it called? She's peng in it. She's fit. <laughs> <laughs> she's fit, white woman. She's fit, yeah. She's fit. Yeah. She's fit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, right. um, yeah, I think that um. The spirituality, if anything, is a little reassuring more than anything. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because at the same time, my people see me for who I am. Yeah. That's beautiful. And they allow me. Yeah. But they also allow me to create, you know. Mm. So they're there with me. Yeah. I think I've turned just chilling somehow. <laughs> yeah, I think somehow. <laughs> <laughs> You're just chilling. Yeah. Just yeah. chilling in the background, you know, hitting the block. And they're the like, block. damn, that's a that's a nice hitting the nice block. Pain. Yeah, just do you you let them hit the you let them all hit the, the time. Block. They usually get oh. their own. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I give my people's coffee. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Feeling yeah. the gut sometimes. They're like, I'm on black coffee. Yeah, like, I, wow. fresh cup at, this morning. Yeah, fresh cup of fre- Joe. I'm like fresh cup of Joe at nine p.m. You're gonna be up all night. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna yeah. be up all night bothering me, eh? Yeah, we're gonna have a party. Yeah. A party while yeah. I'm sleeping. In our in our dreams, yeah. In our dreams, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. You know, since I put that cup of coffee on there, I have been having some reckless dreams, man. Reckless? I love to reckless. hear more about them. Oh man. <laughs> well, it's mostly in the morning when I go back to sleep, you know. Mm-hmm. Then I have all these crazy dreams. Last night I'm I'm screaming in the dream at someone and I'm like, yeah. oh my god. Like yeah, yeah. It's just it's just ridiculous. I'm screaming at people in the dreams all the time in the morning. The ones at the night, I think it's from me watching TV, and then I just you know, I'm always pregnant in the dream too. Oh, always. oh, got a, got some big ideas yet? Maybe, maybe that's what I've been hearing. I always get an abortion in the dream though. I know oh. myself. Yeah. Oh. I, is that not good? I shouldn't get the abortion in the dream. Oh. Am I aborting the idea? <laughs> oh. I just be scared of the baby. Yeah. Me thinks, me thinks you need to just oh push just have the baby out. yeah push it push out. out push it yeah. push right, the little time, bastard out mm-hmm. all right next time next time <laughs> um you say you didn't go to art school no you know? I think art school is a little overrated no offense Adriana uh, <laughs> not 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 you not you bloke you're 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 completely no. rated you're you're rated man you're rated um but where do you draw the inspiration for your paintings yeah you know. You did. I, I'm not on point with all the technical terms, but you know, I like the the one you did. It's called Baby's Body. It's on yeah. your website yeah. because of you know the rough abstract look to the brushwork. You know, yeah. where do you draw the inspiration? Is it yourself? Is it the people after they smoke their joints? They just come down and like paint this. Like, what is it, man? Um, it's a lot of internal inspiration. A mm. lot of experiences. Um, I really just allow myself to tap out. Right. And zone out. Right. And just be. And be. And my body. That's beautiful. It's a, it's a meditative experience, yeah? Right. Yeah. So instead of manually meditating like everybody else does and just sitting mm. and I can't sit, man. I, I can't sit. I can't either, so I paint. Oh, that's beautiful. You know what? I've always thought about that. You know, yeah. why should I have to sit? And be still when I'm not a still person internally. Yeah. I can't meditate like that, man. No, no. That's my motto. Because if you are... You have to make things work for you. True, true. Yeah. 
So a lot of my inspiration is really internal. It's my family. What? <laughs> it's your real my family experience. Blogger. Yeah, um, yeah. Honest, oh, beautiful man. I love, I love a community. I love, me, love me a good old community. A good community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I really love, love. You know, love being able Mel's to hook was right. She really she did something. something with that. It truly is all about love. It truly is. Enid. Can't imagine life without it. And Can't if you imagine. haven't, if you haven't read that book, you need highly to tap in. Highly recommend. I think it should be back on the shelves now. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, 100%. everybody who checked it out because she died, they brought it back. So. <laughs> hey, I'm but just br- it as past expiration. Bring yeah. it in. Yeah, return the books, mom. All right. I think that is going to be the end. <laughs> that was f- bloody fantastic. Bloody fantastic. I'm going to give you 700. That's the first that came to my mind's eye. Ooh. I'm popping my mind's eye on this. Okay. <laughs> okay. So right now you have 700 points. Um, Yeah, that was bloody fantastic. You sounded like a dog to me. I don't um, know what it sounds like when I'm recording. But <laughs> I don't either. I'm kind of scared, actually. <laughs> You know what? I that's why I don't listen to any of the podcasts after we record. I that's just fair. trust Adriana. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Like people will message me afterwards and they're like, "Oh my god, that was so funny." I'm like, I "Have no idea what I said." <laughs> like I have no idea what I'm talking about. But no, just like I, it makes it. sense because you don't want to look at it. You're like, "Oh my god, that's cringy." Yeah, that's I'm so me? embarrassed afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> don't be embarrassed. I promise you, I know. Thanks. I feel like that's how I feel with pre like. I have one week until my uh, frontal lobe to really finish developing. <laughs> but, like, now I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed about everything I did. Like, pre- <laughs> oh, my God. You'll get over it. I know. Yeah. I'm hoping. <laughs> Chronic embarrassment. <sighs> um, Speaking of chronic <laughs> I don't know how to disclose, but it will. I don't mention, I didn't mention it in your intro, but you live close to LA. Yeah, I do. Um, Chronic wasteland, I've heard. <laughs> That's how I haven't really, yeah, I haven't heard anything good about LA. Like, and then, you know, the time that I went out there and I was blasted out of my mind with you. Thank you, by the way. No problem. Um, <laughs> I literally remember like almost nothing, but every black person that I talked to who's come back from LA is like, I had a horrible time. Like, wow. it's not fun for black people. Damn. Is that well, true? Well, I will say it's not like Miami where you go and like all your friends are going to hate you and like. <laughs> <laughs> You end up breaking up the entire friend group. You literally cannot go to Miami with your friends. I've no, never, I've never been with my friends. But. Me neither. And I, anytime soon, I don't plan on going. I don't think my bitches are Miami bitches. I don't think so either. To, now that, now yeah, I'm like, I just no. feel like it's not even my vibe. Like, ew, stinks. No, like the club and yeah. But yeah, I've heard from a lot of black people that move out to LA, they're like, you know, the dating scene is horrible. Mm -hmm. I feel super isolated. Mm -hmm. And like, I know a lot of like younger people who listen to the podcast or have Mm -hmm. dreams and aspirations of being influencers are like, I'm going to move to LA and be an influencer. That's cute. I'm going to move to LA and like, you know, make it big time and all this stuff. And then it's like, (laughs) they get there and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, because a lot of people don't understand that before the gentrification of Hollywood Boulevard, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, circa 2020, it was a wasteland. It was mm. a true wasteland. Like, I'm not even going to say that as like, because I don't, I don't think that LA is completely terrible. I think that it's beneficial if you know how to use it. I think that LA is also a land of dreamers. 
Mm. And that will never change. But I That's think right. that if you are only a dreamer, then it's going to be more detrimental than beneficial. Um, mm. The dating scene for straight black people? Mm, trash. But <laughs> for queer people, I would say that it's more so that it's just small circles. Um, mm-hmm. All the events yeah, are at the same. Mm-hmm, all the events are at the same areas, like literally at the same five clubs. Um, mm-hmm. So you're bound to end up running into exes or friends of friends or dating friends of friends. And oh, it sounds like Baltimore. It, it wanted, and you easy. think you think you know for real because you think that because it's a city, it's huge, right? You think that the oh, city yeah. is huge. It's not. It's really not. But I feel and like as that's you, like get good. more and more microcosm. Exactly. Yeah. So it's tricky because where I live, it's sort of out of the way of LA. Mm-hmm. But there's not much of a circle out here, especially for queer peoples. So you mm-hmm. have to go to LA or you have to go to more populated cities in right. order to get that. And mm-hmm. it just ends up being like kind of a long-term rela- or a long-distance relationship. And <laughs> <laughs> you didn't expect for it to be a long-distance relationship, but here you are right. driving like 45 minutes to an hour going to see your boo and like making a weekend thing out of it. Yeah, so it's like, it just like, depends. Bitch, I didn't work, so. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. But... <laughs> I think that it's more just people are not willing to be vulnerable. And I think that Mm. people in LA, everybody in LA has these preconceived ideas of what LA is going to be like or what the people in LA Mm. are like. Um, And then also it depends on the circles that you hang around because if you go to um, Compton or you go to Watts or you go to, and a lot of people think that these are quote unquote the ghetto, but they're not the ghetto. They are Mm -hmm. communities. They're they're just And if it is. Right. And if it is, so what? Yeah. People are allowed to live there. Right. Like, and sometimes even honestly, Lamert has the best events. Lamert mm. has uh, every Sunday they have like a little drum circle down in Lamert, and mm-hmm. the community comes out and it's just like a big flea market, and that's mm. like one of the most popping days out of the week. I think my aunt talks about that a lot. She's like, "Yeah, flea market." <laughs> yeah, it's like every Sunday. It's so dope. Um, so many different types of people. They have events down there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so many different people come, and it's just good because there's a lot of diversity. Yes. But Mm -hmm. if you are looking to date specific types of people, you have to be very mindful about who you want to date in LA. Right. So that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've also heard about like, you know, Vapid, Surface Slayer, that kind of whole spiel about Mm -hmm. LA. Like, how do you, is there truth to that? And how do you function as a deeply spiritual, like intuitive person having to live in proximity to an area where you kind of feel or might be able to feel like you can see through everybody and like that vapidness, that surface levelness. Well, it's tricky because some people I can see through and some people I can't. Mm-hmm. And it just, it I'm not going to say I have to keep my guard up, but I just have to entertain conversation with my boundaries in mind. Because a lot of people are going to want to push your boundaries or make you uncomfortable because they have their own um, agendas. They have mm-hmm. their own wants and their own needs. And so they're going to more than likely push with that or like present that as soon as you meet them. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why people get that surface level, like that they're like they're vapid and they're they're mm-hmm. not really trying to connect with people. It's just that, no, the people have their own agendas, their own wants, their own needs and their own things that they want to go after. And that sure. might not include you or getting to know you. Right. And then like, especially in a, I feel like I see 
LA is like very dog eat dog, but that might be more New York. I'm not sure. It's very much um, so more New York. <laughs> okay, because I was yeah. like, I feel like LA might be dog eat dog, but I feel like I also haven't spent too much. I'm when I go to California, I go to NorCal. Like, yeah. I only have one in LA. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. Like, it's just a different type of person. You know how like you know how like New York culture is everybody's aggressive, quote unquote, or everybody's <laughs> like that's like the perception. It's true. <laughs> and how L- in LA everybody's more laid back. Mm-hmm. it's more like people are laid back to the point where they just don't give a fuck. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Because I know for me, I more than often, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, oh, like, I that's love because that I'm, I've lived here for so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you if somebody comes out here and they get to see LA for like what it really is and like experience the sights, but also get to deal with the tourists and the traffic and all of that other stuff, mm-hmm. they're going to be mad as hell. But yeah. a lot of people we we'll live in LA, we're just like, well, it is what it is. We're just stuck in traffic for a little is. bit. Yeah. yeah, there's not much you can really do about it. Mm. What else? Like, if I can do something about it, I might. <laughs> I might. On the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, but that's like Berkeley traffic. My grandma just drives on the shoulder. She's like, "Fuck this." No, for real, you have to. Like, sometimes you got to go around it. Sometimes people in LA are like aggressive as hell. I remember yesterday I was driving, um, and somebody cut me off just to get back in front of me. Just for us to be stopped at the red light. So I was like, all right, so we're just going to zigzag and play cars and play chase and catch up. Like you're going 65 in a 40. Why are we, what's, what are we doing? At here? the same light. At the same light. Looking now we look, well now we both looking at each other. Like what the hell? Now we look dumb. Yeah. Because right? <laughs> I'm tired on you. I hate when that happens. No, really. Um, Is there a large groups of other spiritualists and artists in LA that you feel are credible? Like pass the vibe check um, or... Definitely. Um, I know Satara is like one of the main people. I'm not even sure if Satara knows who I am. I met Satara at an event one time um, that mm-hmm. my former that a former friend was uh, participating in. And mm-hmm. they were both sat up next to each other. And Satara had like the most amazing energy. Very sweet, very kind. Someone I look up to, even though it's just mm-hmm. um, through the internet. There are a couple of yeah. spiritualists that I look up to. But S- Satara is one of the main people that continues to push me like deeper into my dedication to my faith and my ancestors and stuff like that yeah because they are all encompassing i know that satara has been making music continuing to do um hoodoo and cater to the the masses doing Mm -hmm. like uh candlelight services for people holding just different types of spaces for so many people Mm -hmm. and just being a part of the community and i think that that's so beautiful so that's good yeah i'm glad that there's at least a few people out there that yeah there's bad. yeah there are, no it's just like i said there's it just most- depends on where you where you look where you go where you want like what what you want for yourself and i feel like if you put the intention of i'm looking for my people i'm looking for the people mm-hmm. who align with me in this moment and mm-hmm. very like and what i need then you're going to be naturally gravitated towards those spaces mm-hmm. or at least that's how it was for me goes back to that intuition yeah yeah um speaking of not everybody's bad. It's time for <laughs> our second game. Oh my goodness. This second game is called Bad News. It's my fill-in-the-blank headline game. I've gathered the gross, strange, and absolute worst of headlines that I could find and turn in a game just for you. <laughs> because you're a fan of the show, I've added a special yeah. twist. This time you'll be getting headlines from Reductress, and oh you gosh. must fill in the blank. Okay. <laughs> Number one. How to practice blank when your country doesn't care about you. Fill in the blank. How to practice anarchy when your country doesn't care about you. <laughs> not anarchy, not anarchy. It's actually self-care. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Um, but Anarchy is my correct answer, so I have a point for that. Number two. Four minimalist room designs that say blank, blank, blank. It's a phrase. <laughs> uh, four minimalist rooms that, that say I'm not racist. No. But very close because honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like people who, white people especially in minimalist houses, mm-hmm. you're hiding something. The answer is I actually... Agree. That, you know, like it's a little too freaky. But How you ain't got actually get no ounce, no color, no nothing. You ain't got no clutter on the floor. You ain't got no. You don't no- like you don't like color that much. So I'm supposed to think that you like black people. Okay. <laughs> um, but the answer was this is where I kill people. Oh, <laughs> because I honestly also feel like people who have super minimalist house designs could be secret killers. I feel yeah, definitely. Why because- is it so clean in there? You took the words right out of my mouth. It's giving <laughs> Joe from you when he had that box. <laughs> like, that's what minimalist houses remind me of is that box that Joe was locking people in. <laughs> Literally, like, why is it so clean in here? Why don't you got no color on the wall? You don't even like blue? Like, it's everything's white, gray, and black? <laughs> Bring back maximalism. I'm a maximalist. I live and die by it. Me too. We're here. We see each other. We're here. We see each other. Number three. Signs your inner child resents you for feeding it only blank. Kraft mac and cheese. I'm gonna give you that one. The answer is pasta. Kraft mac and cheese is technically pasta. Mac and cheese is definitely pasta. I don't feed my inner child mac and cheese. What do you feed yours? Chicken nuggets. Chicken. <laughs> is it the dino ones? Yes. <laughs> Those are my favorite. Double points. <laughs> I go crazy over some McDonald's fries. I go lie to you. Like, I they know the slap. McDonald's fries is handmade. They're man-made, whatever, broccoli, whatever, whatever. I don't, no I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. They're still good. They're too good. We're like, on the same I know page. Not, I know it's not real meat. I don't care. Did you ever consider that? <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, if it weren't for the dino chicken nuggets, it definitely would have been the McDonald's chicken nuggets. Because they're, to me, on the same level. Same level. Like, I just I just need something sweet and salty right quick. Like, exactly. I didn't need nothing healthy. S-class, <laughs> S-tier food. <laughs> S-tier. S-tier. I don't care. Um, Number four. How to microdose blank so you only panic a little bit? Well, this is probably shrooms, but the first yes. thing that popped in my head was DMT. <laughs> It was shrooms, but DMT close. What is DMT? I've never done that. DMT is like the non-diluted. Well, it's not. Is it? It's not the it same as the acid, but it. it's like 10 times, 100 times more potent than acid. What the fuck? But it still has like similar properties. Yeah. I'm scared. <laughs> no, it's it, it's very terrifying. It's usually traditionally used as like a medicine, I believe, but a lot of people love to, um, you know. Oh, okay. Is it mm-hmm. one of those? It's like mescaline kind of? Kind not, of, yeah. Not, not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm reading this book, uh, Your Mind on Plants, and it talks about all of these different drugs. And, like, the guy just tries them and was like, wow, you're strong. Cause, yeah. You're bold. Yeah. Very after, bold. After one uh, little, you know, pink oyster mushroom trip. Yeah, we're done here. We're good. Right, we're it's good. a wrap. Wrap it up. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> um, Your final one is number five. How to say you have anxiety without sounding like you diagnose yourself with a blank. A mental illness. <laughs> Not a mental illness, but kind of TikTok. Oh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> that is the end of the game. Um, I'm gonna award you some points. The first number that came to my head was 600. So, Yay! 600 points. so now you're at 1300. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, 
So, um, following up on the TikTok uh, tidbit right there, we had a huge discussion about TikTok spirituality in this pre-show. And, like, I read some more articles and watched a ton of videos. Melt in my brain got a lobotomy. Mm-hmm. Um, a so lobotomy. I could get a better gist of it. I'm literally so dedicated to my craft. It's insane. Like, I'm willing to fry my brain for you all. I commend you. Because <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> it's, it, look, I do it on a daily basis for fun. So I commend you. <laughs> I haven't been on TikTok for fun since 2020. Like, literally when I, it's so funny when we talk about ancestorship because they told me they were like get off of the app and yeah <laughs> and i was like i was like i didn't hear anything they're like because they know off. it'll melt like, your brain <laughs> melt my brain like yeah. it's something wrong with it but just so i have a better gist of it and those listening who may have not like read any articles about it in your mm-hmm. own opinion could you tell those listening what you would define as tiktok spirituality tiktok spirituality is more of an aesthetic. I think spirituality has been made to be an aesthetic now. And I'm just going to mm-hmm. say outside of TikTok because Instagram is also included in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Pinterest, the Pinterest girlies eat up oh. a long skirt, a boho skirt and a, a head wrap. <laughs> a, a, wired, uh, a wired um, crystal. Cool necklace. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, but I would say that it's more so of an aesthetic nowadays and a lot of Mm -hmm. people are more so concerned with how it looks rather than getting their Mm. their hands dirty and like into the nitty gritty and hearing what they need to hear and that's what spirituality is it's about doing the stuff that you don't want to do and so when I think of TikTok spirituality I think of people putting like doing the the cinnamon on the tongue <laughs> method and like trying to manifest a man and just manifesting like the in easy general. stuff yeah just like the super super easy stuff without having to put in the work and that's what mm-hmm. really rubs me the wrong way about tiktok is a lot of misinformation and trust me i've been able to find that's the reason i'm on the app is so i can find trusted spiritualists and people who mm-hmm. actually are practicing actually are doing like it's a good because, way to find people right it's definitely a great way to find people but i think that we need to be a little bit more um concerned with the information that's on that app and whether it's true or not or whether it's beneficial or more mm. harmful because a lot of people could really hurt themselves if they're not right. smart about what they're doing. Right. Like the accessibility sounds like it's a problem. It's also like the lack of information because there's only, I don't know how long the videos are now, but mm. like I can't imagine they're longer than five minutes. There's only so much that you can say in five minutes. No, yeah. Um, and like, you know, what are these roots and spells and tricks being used for? Like, mm-hmm. are they... Because it's like, like you were saying, it's to get a man. And it's like, is that the extent of, if we all believe we have some type of innate power and are innately magical beings, Mm -hmm. is that the extent that we're going to use our power for to get a man? Exactly. Be for real. Um, A man? I'm not saying that you can't use it for that. But it's like, is it worth it? That's That's, my thing. Is is it worth it? You ain't got nothing else you want to do. You will, but you want to do There's nothing else that you aspire to. Like, even money, bitch. Like, I'm anti-capitalist or whatever, but, like, uh, even money, bitch. Like, like, come on. In this day and age, like, you gonna choose a man over gonna, some money? We're not gonna fix none of this? We're not gonna fix none of this? That's why I'm like, okay. so you don't you don't want to tear nothing down. You just want a man? Please yeah, get out of my face. <laughs> but, no. yeah. um, And a lot of, oh, my goodness, the card readers, the, the, the TikTok... Oh, this aligns with you. It's the algorithm. Bitch. It's like, it's that's how what I say every single time. And I brought this up and went in our talk. Why are y'all trying to say that they, TikTok can see your aura? Oh, they can. You it's can see my aura, aura, babe, babe. The camera <laughs> oh, the, can't pick up camera. your. Aura. Yeah, the camera can't pick your aura because people are standing in front of the camera saying, "Look, I'm purple and pink and blue." 
The camera can't even decide if we are black people or not. They can't even register black people. Camera still can't like even censors can't right censors can't even register black people. But you want to tell me that it's a, a TikTok camera is picking up your aura? It's just not possible. I'm sorry. Yeah, I. <laughs> And like, because you can't have an aura. There are yeah. cameras that take cameras pictures that of aura. But it's not the right. iPhone. Steve Jobs not, It's definitely that. not the iPhone. He did not. Yeah, he, he did not. That in there. This was not, not what he passed away for. <laughs> <laughs> um, When I was reading, I was... The, I, the thing that kept coming up a lot is like the rise of the nuns. And they're saying it's like a new religion. The what? Where, you know, <laughs> the rise of nuns. So okay. basically they were saying that like, you know, when you traditionally like on the census or or any kind of like form they'll have like a section for religion and then you mm-hmm. can choose none mm-hmm. they're saying that now for the first time i think 2020 was the start of it but mm-hmm. it was the highest percentage of people who check the nun box over mm-hmm. christian or any other religion so we have more people that identify as non or spiritual mm-hmm. or not any distinct religion mm-hmm. than christianity or islam or mm-hmm. judaism which have typically been like the big three um and you know, people are a little bit worried. And I'm like, I'm wondering if you think that, you know, the wider scale of not society, but like, mm-hmm. I see all these articles about, um, you know, concerned journalists and concerned government leaders, like keeping an eye on this rise of people who don't really have any connection to uh, traditional religions. Do you mm-hmm. think that is a problem? Um, mm, That's an interesting question, because my practice is based in like the Baptist religion, mm-hmm. even though I don't right. practice, I there's personally don't practice. Between, right, yeah. there's intertwinement, and so like I use the Psalms and I play gospel, like I listen to gospel, right, and like I pray, I pray to a God um, for my ancestors. But um, I think that a lot of people need to realize that you can still have your beliefs, especially religious beliefs, while also practicing certain things. But also, a lot of people just don't want to be a part of the system anymore and when i say mm-hmm. the system i mean the system as religion as it pertains to the americas so sense. yeah i think that a lot of people don't want to be indoctrinated under the same old practices and the same old outdated right. beliefs and the same old bs that we have to like fall into so but is that also a novelty because when you talk about no i think that it's over- i think that it's i think that it's harmful <laughs> and I think yeah we're talking about aesthetic and like uh in a in, like you're talking about it being an aesthetic and that's what tiktok spirituality is uh-huh. and like you know is it is it gaining all of this traction because it's a novelty because these things are old yeah so there's you know you are being indoctrinated in some way not indoctrinated like you know mind control or whatever but right. you're being initiated you're you're following a, a well you're supposed to be following a certain path of steps that lead to you know down this religion or the subsect of religion yeah so like you know are people attracted to this because it's novelty or are people attracted to this because they feel it is a it's a better way of life for them i think it's a novelty because a lot of people that like we're seeing a lot of excuse me even younger folks leaving their pre- previous religions whether it be christianity or catholicism and mm-hmm. then trying to adopt this new way of thinking with spirituality and then reverting right back to their old beliefs of Catholicism and Christianity. Yeah, or just regurgitating what they knew because they don't want to dive in, they don't want to dig any deeper and understand why they feel the way that it. they are. No, not at all. Because it reminds me of Santeria um, in a lot of Caribbean religions where, mm-hmm. um, yeah, mostly Santeria comes to mind and Mm-hmm. Uh, Obia comes to mind mm-hmm. where they took the Catholicism that was forced upon them and then integrated their own uh, deities and matched them up with you know the Catholic saints yes um, and that's 
and those things kind of go intertwined because I know a lot of Obia people and a lot of Santeria people still go to Catholic church, but then they practice at home. Yeah. And what it hears like, what it seems like I'm hearing you say is that it TikTok spiritualism is kind of, it's, it's an aesthetic rather than a practice because it's not even mending any of these former beliefs that these people have with the current right. beliefs that they share. It's just, right. I have completely, or I feel like I have divested away from that, but I haven't really because, yeah. you know, you're talking about you, some hoodoo voodoo lady, but do your parents know that? Also, you're white. So what are you talking about? Let's talk about that. <laughs> um, but no, I think that a lot of people are, when I think of TikTok spirituality, I think of the 1970s Woodstock um, co-op, like, of a lot Organic of Hindu living. practices. Yeah, Hindu yeah, practices that, that melded together yeah. without any idea of what they actually are. Right, and just watered down, colonialized versions of Hinduism, and I think mm-hmm. that that's really you take what the cute parts. Yeah, like the aesthetic. Like I'm gonna get a bindi and put it on my head, and now I'm healed, and my third eye is open. Like what, what right. are you talking about? No. Or like you know, I'm gonna go to South America and do peyote, and you know, and now or ashwagandha, and now you know, I'm ascended, or I'm gonna do CBD every day. Like this, and... like this, this person, this palm colored person, came up to me. When I was doing an event, and I think I mentioned this uh, when we had our talk, mm-hmm. that this palm color person came up to me and basically said that we don't need to be initiated anymore because it and asked me who my deities and my orishas were, which I'm not initiated, at least I'm not, not yet. Like I haven't, right. And I'm not exactly. And why would I tell you? But they were like, oh, who are your deities? Who are your orishas? And then I said, well, I'm not initiated and um, I will go through those steps later down the line, hopefully, but it's not really up to me right now. And they're like, well, I think that we gatekeep a lot and I think that everybody should have access to this information and to practice whatever we want to. And I mm. think that it's just a lot of gatekeeping going around and exclusionary practices. And I'm like, mm, no, we gatekeep. I didn't want to say we gatekeep because of people like you, but I should Literally. Have, you know, because it's like you are trying to co-op something that you have no place in. You have no weight here. And was honestly used against your ancestors. So why would I invite you to the party? Why would you be here? Why like would I you be here? Used to use it against you. Why would I let you? Like that's how countries got conquered. Because Quite literally. I let you in. Literally, because I let you in here. Why so, would I give you the tools that I'm using to defeat you? Right. So when I think of uh, TikTok spirituality, I think of moments like that where people mm-hmm. are saying things without even acknowledging the weight of their words. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people just taking things that are just cute and aesthetic and not really going any deeper and finding out why those practices were there in the first place and how they're supposed to be properly maintained mm-hmm. um, and so on and so forth. But yeah. I wonder if we'll see something similar that's happening with the uh, retired Cheeto girl movement that I kept seeing coming up as I was, it was like in the next article mm-hmm. um, where it's this retired Cheeto girl movement where, you know, former why i'm a white i'm a white ghetto girl mm-hmm. and then you know that was they used to tell us that was them that's how they used to act like that's i guess I, I talk i talk like this because i'm from the hood you i know? was right ra- yeah like, i was raised around black people blah 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 blah. and now we're yeah. this as they get to our age because it's all the, the girls that are our age or maybe a yeah. little younger yeah um where you know they're looking for husbands they're looking to reintegrate into white society they're seeing that there's more benefits to white society now as you Mm -hmm. get older versus when you're younger it doesn't really matter as much because you know you're still young you're not really looking to get married right and now they're detransitioning 
which is a whole other co-option in its own self. Yeah. You know, they have the, they have the straight hair now and they're dressing prim and proper and preppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wonder if we'll see something similar to that uh, as we go from all of these, you know, we are the granddaughters of the witches you can't burn. Oh my TikTok God. spirituality. And then how we'll kind of go back into good, proper, prim Catholicism, Christian. Especially when we move to a fascist. I was just about to say that it's, it's it, the more fascist we get, I think that a lot of women are going to realize, especially white women are going to realize that their ancestry plays a much larger role in their lives than they'd like to think. Mm-hmm. Because Mary Beth, who was, think about, think about Jango. Who was up there sewing them damn um, hoods? <laughs> <laughs> Mary Jo. <laughs> right. Mary so... Jo, formerly known as Christina or like Leaf Lotus, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. You were previously, you know, co-opting Asian, Indian, Black names, spiritual traditions. And then it, it's a costume that you get to take off. Right. And, and I, then once yeah. you take it off, who are you? Who who Who's any of the wiser right. that you used to right. do that? Can't really check you. Um, and, like, the third thing I guess I want to cover in this section is another thing I saw come up a lot. And I was wondering your opinion on it. Do you think... Uh, is there a fear in like these older, more developed communities of hoodooism, spirituality, santeria, phobia, mm-hmm. um, that TikTok spirituality could give way to more the rise of more cults, like false shamans, false prophets? Is there mm-hmm. a genuine concern or is it kind of like uh, more of a, you know, let the kids be themselves or let kids be kids, I guess. And like, you know, not much of a worry that any real harm and danger will come out of this besides people, you know, individual hurt. Will there be some type of like societal hurt that might backlash because i think about the cults of the 70s and i'm like oh this happened again are we repeating history just in a different format well i think we're always repeating history so i'll Mm -hmm. say that but um no and i'm gonna tell you why because think about our experience and even just Mm -hmm. the podcast yeah (laughs) like um my my people came to get you because you were just out of nowhere just like whoa i'm thinking about brie why am i thinking about brie right I think that the information is there and it just really depends on who wants to seek it out and like who's mm-hmm. willing to actually go deeper. I think that it just depends about us going deeper. And the more that you go deeper, the more that you're going to look for something that feels right. And okay. if certain things don't feel right, then you're not going to be there for very long. Okay. You know. So there's not like a huge concern, I guess. From no, they just want to make sure that the correct information. They just want to make sure that the the correct information is out there. At least from the the older spiritualists that I've seen, and mm-hmm. the older workers that I've seen, they just want to make sure that the information is there, that the ability to contact them is there, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's all that they okay. need to do is just show up. You know, sometimes that's all we need to do is just be present. Like. So you think that the presence of older spiritualists might um, deteriorate there being more or like a rise of cults or false prophets or shamans that come out of like TikTok spirituality? Um, like, like, let's say Mary Jo is like a prominent spiritualist on TikTok. She has a million followers. Uh-huh. And then one day she's like, you know what? I am the prophet of whatever deity. And she forms a cult. Like, are I things like that, that a genuine no. concern or no? No. No? No. Okay. I don't think so because I feel like at least for me I feel like there's so much out there that a lot of us have like ADHD ADD but also a lot of us like so we are not in one place for very long but I also feel like a lot of people can spot the signs Mm. a lot of people can be like this is not right and especially within practice if you feel like you're being led Mm -hmm. if you feel like you are 
being guided by an external source. True. That says a lot more okay. than anything. Okay. So I don't think so. That makes sense. Also, mm-hmm. I feel like since we've seen the takedown of regular people in real time constantly mm-hmm. and within months, maybe that will be. Yeah, similar. every day. Um, and also the Godzi Kozo. Have you heard about the Black Hammer cult? That's a very no. recent cult. What? So, yeah, Godzi Kozo was just arrested. Him and someone named Nature Boy. I don't know if you've heard of Nature Boy. But Is that basically. Different than the nigga with the deers? No, that's who I'm talking about. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, 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 no. Not the. Not, you're talking about. Uh, 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 you're talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, this dude named Nature Boy. Basically, he was just like a hotep, an unhealthy oh. hotep pimp who was like, oh, yeah, I have seven naked bitches running around me at all times. This is what you should aspire to be. So he was like Kevin Samuels mixed with a hotep. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. And they lived on a farm and it was this whole thing, but somebody actually <laughs> lost their no, no no. But somebody actually lost their life. Like I think two oh, people actually wow. lost their lives. Damn. So so I think that oh, that's when the authorities got involved probably. Right. And that's yeah, that's where it all started to like dissipate. Oh, sure. But Nature Boy's been all if you want something to dig into, look up Nature Boy. They're very I do very love extreme. me a good cult. I got. I'll, I'll send not like to join. But. No, no. So research, because I, I get <laughs> to you. research. I, I, yeah, I do. I think they're fascinating. I just they like are. the yeah. Just like, how did you get here? Mm-hmm. I always want to know. I'm like, how did you like? Mm-hmm. I don't know how. How did everyone get to this point? Like, yeah. I have to know. <laughs> yeah, because I think that the studying of different religions can definitely prevent you from joining mm. a cult so that's why i'm always interested in like i'm always at... i'm like i can't i can't get involved like yeah like a mormonism cult, maybe but a mormonism I... documentary uh 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 did you just finish watching the um keep sweet and obey one? Oh, i watched it as soon as it that dropped. one was crazy like whoa i was like and there's people still in it while he's from jail like talk about okay talk about tiktok soul? talk about tiktok i know we have been like kind of like demonizing it or like you know coming down on it I, a little hard I think it has it's good parts but somehow some of his kids some are on tiktok are on tiktok talking wow. about their experiences oh is it the ones that escaped it's some of them that are just not even escaped but just like were gone since he mm. went to jail like they just kind of oh, okay everything just yeah. kind of fell apart so they i've heard like left. falling part yeah, yeah. So, oh okay well yeah. i'm glad that they're out i know there's still people there them, but yeah i i know there's people who left after but i know there's like a small community that still kind of is holding on to his every word i'm like girl he about to die in jail like what we here for they eating it up every word <laughs> <laughs> he's such a nasty man i <laughs> the worst no for um, he will be down there with um hitler r. and r kelly and jf not jfk uh ronald reagan <laughs> <laughs> Ronald Reagan. JFK didn't. Never mind. Okay, let's do the third. <laughs> Next game. <laughs> uh, this next game I've made just extra special, wrapped in a bow, all for you. It is called Manifestation Men or Mugwort. Oh I'm gonna goodness. give you some TikTok spells, and you have to guess their end goal. Is it a manifestation, a man, or simply just have to do with mugwort? <laughs> All right, number one, add these dried leaves to a small sack with a piece of selenite crystal and place in your pillowcase. Is it a manifestation end, a man end, or just simply has to do with mugwort? It's just mugwort. Oh, you know yourself. 
Number two, smoke cleanse a small jar. Add pink Himalayan salt, dried rose petals, cinnamon, sugar, seal with a red or pink wax. Mm-hmm. Is it for manifestation, a man, or simply just have to do with my work? Now this one, I'm going to have to say a man. Okay. But. It is a man. <laughs> it's a but. <laughs> I was going to say but. Uh, it depends on how you use the jar. There was no further instructions after that. Okay, then I'm going to just say a man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the pink and the sugar and the rose gave me man. I was like, it literally was just like, try this spell. And I was like, what does it do? I no, see, but that's that's perfect. <laughs> that's literally, I was like, is this just the video? Like, I was like, what what am I supposed to do with this? It, no further instructions. No further instructions, yeah. All right, this final one. Mm-hmm. Write 50 times, place a candle over the paper, and light. Burn a bay leaf through the same candle. Is it have to do with manifestation, a man, or simply just my word? Manifestation. It is manifestation. Oh, you yeah. got all three right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is the end of that game. Since you got all those right, I'm gonna give you three thousand points. I don't know. Thousand These points are, are very dramatic. I love it. Very dramatic. Uh, first <laughs> thing that comes to the head, you know, first mind. <laughs> Um, so Ray, like you've mentioned before, you wear so many hats and you're so multifaceted. Uh, what's next for you as an artist, a painter? Like, what are your dream commissions, uh, or shows to get into? And what's mm-hmm. next for you as a spiritualist? Like, where do you feel yourself being drawn to next? Um, and how do you decipher through all the noise of like self and really tune into the spirit? Um, so my next steps when it comes to art is just to push myself into different galleries. Um, just meet new people and just make connections um just place my art in different ways my main thing is really just making sure that people not only understand my art but but use it as a tool for their own Mm self-expression um i want people to feel inspired or at least feel something when they view my art um because i feel like that's what art is for art is to Mm -hmm. to feel to express to exist to love to joy to or to feel joy you know all these different things so and it was a tool of uh, meditation. Yeah. So like I, I want people to feel inspired when they see my artwork. So just putting myself in galleries or um, different coffee shops, just literally just spreading myself wherever I, I need mm-hmm. to be. Um, but in terms of spirituality, after getting my like accredited herbalism certifications and like making sure that happens, I then want to move on to like actually helping the community and doing things mm-hmm. for the community. So um, making my own oils, making my own teas, making my own whatever the case may be and giving back in that way, using those funds to give to um, different organizations and different charities um, that really need the help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also holding space for other people. Like mm-hmm. one of one of the biggest things that I would really like to do is just to put on an event if the pandemic ever so allows, <laughs> put on an event where we can just uh, create and we can just express right. ourselves and just be free and feel and Maybe laugh and cry. Right. And that, that's really what the space would be. It's just one giant meditative space for whatever, facilitating our emotions. So that would be like the main thing. You talk about getting your herbalism license. What's the process look like for those that might be interested in listening in spiritual work? Like, uh, and uh, do you think that like, future consumers of spiritual services should be requesting for their root workers and tarot readers and herbalists to be some type of certified they don't have to be certified but they have to yeah they have to know their stuff um i think that 
a lot of people are just kind of going in, but that's a part of like knowing a part of actually doing hoodoo is to know your roots and mm-hmm. to know how they work with you and how they work for you. So, um, you don't have to be accredited, but I would say just definitely make sure you're on top of knowing what you're using, how you're using it, why you're mm-hmm. using it, the purpose of it, how it smells, how what it feels like, what it looks like, how you can spot it from a mile away, stuff like that. Um, uh, what's the process for you to get licensed? or The process for me to get a certified, um, it's really just a lot of studying. It's okay. a lot of studying, a lot of identifying roots. It's a lot of, I'm doing like online certifications. Mm-hmm. So there are different routes, uh, routes you can go, but mine is, I'm actually, I've done a couple, like I've done some on Udemy and like mm-hmm. random websites that just have information, you know, you pay mm-hmm. for a little course, but, um, I actually want to get certified, certified. So I've been online. I'm not, I don't really have like I mean, the website, yeah, but I'm, I'm get, reading website, and like, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of studying. It's not just... It's a lot oh, of studying. Like, I'm just going to intuitively know that this is, you know, chamomile, and I'm going to know that this is this. Like, you have to hit the books, babe. Yeah, it's a lot of identifying. It's a lot of knowing the plant name, the, the gender, the botany. species. Yeah, it's a lot of botany. A lot of botany. But that's always something that I've been interested in. So it's like, it's no problem. So it's perfect. Up your yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned doulaship in our pre-show. Uh, are yeah. you still interested in doing doulaship? And what kind of doulaship are you thinking about? Um, I've really been thinking about death doulaship, but mm-hmm. I've also been thinking about um, prenatal doulaship. I did say postpartum in our pre-show, but I've been thinking about that because it's a lot of work to take care of babies, mm-hmm. <laughs> to take care of babies. So and I've been baby and uh, and mom, parent. yeah. So it's it's a lot. I might get a little overwhelmed. So prenatal mm-hmm. would probably be the best thing for me, but mm-hmm. prenatal doulaship taking care of like helping with birthing exercises and like getting mom comfortable or getting the parent comfortable um helping them with all of their prenatal vitamins making sure that they're accounted for being there for doctor's visits all types mm-hmm. of appointments um helping set the set up rooms and spaces holding space for the parent and parents and family right and maybe even like the, the herbalism can come definitely making sure that they have the correct nutrients making sure that they're taking uh taking their supplements is like one of the main things when it comes to being a doula um but also a lot of hoodoo workers that i know of that are femme or that are women are interested in doula now that i think about it Mm -hmm. it makes sense if you think about like the um midwifery um especially black women held yeah midwifery and black women especially in antebellum south where midwives sorry i know a lot of random just facts no you're right Um, yeah yeah the midwives were in place of the doctors for a long time until uh there became a formal like uh path to becoming a doctor and then Mm -hmm. and the men took over doctorship and then midwives were pushed out because there was no formal training to become a midwife it was just centuries and centuries of knowledge and you know and like even midwives were the first ones to sanitize their tools like you know women were dying when mm-hmm. doctors took over until they were like oh maybe we should wash our hands like you know but <laughs> yeah. all this midwifery so i'm glad now that there is a path to midwifery and doulaship um because i think that those are really important aspects and you know people who give birth know what it's like to give birth exactly some doctors do not give birth and therefore they will never know what the fuck you're talking about exactly or what's normal or what so yeah i think 
I think I'm glad to see the rise of dualship and midwifery come back. I think those are important. Aspects. No, they're a hundred percent important because somebody needs to be there to advocate for the person giving birth. Right. And what is, what is even normal versus, right. You know, and, especially if it's your first time. Oh, you know. absolutely. Yeah. Nobody, it, pregnancy is terrifying. It's terrifying. Your teeth could fall out. That got me. That's what got me. That. <laughs> like I already knew. They, oh I already knew. When I was younger, I was like, I'm not giving birth. My mom was like, you don't even know nothing about giving no birth. I was like, I already know I don't want to do it. You're right. And I want to keep it that way. I don't know nothing about giving no birth. I'm good. Um, when I start seeing the stuff on it. Because I got my sex ed on the internet. As bad as that sounds, like... No. Sometimes yeah. it's just what happens. Yeah. I got a lot of my sex ed from the internet. When I started learning, your teeth was falling out. Your... Not even the feet swollen, the nose swollen. I already got insecurity with my nose. So I was like, fuck that. Like, your nose spread. <laughs> fuck it. No. Your teeth could fall out, bitch. You could get diabetes. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Yep. And it's then so dangerous. after you give birth, your organs can fall out. And then Girl. they just push them inside of you and say everything will figure itself out. Your pussy could fall to your butt, split no, for, in half. That's what got me. You could be I'm a not tearing nothing. Gun. I'm not tearing. I'm not no sheet of paper. I don't do that. You gotta wear a diaper afterwards. Like, sorry to anybody who's pregnant and listening. I don't mean to scare you. I know. I get, you but are. You could wear a, a pack of soldiers. ice and a diaper. Bravest soldiers. My <laughs> cousin's girlfriend just gave birth and mm-hmm. she had a 10 pound baby. And he's like 24 inches long. I was like, Bitch. same with one of my friends. Like her nephew is nine pounds, 22 inches. Hell nah. Yeah. Hell nah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. He didn't want to come out. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. Didn't yeah. Her baby did not want to come out. What is wrong with these pandemic? Well, I'm not gonna say wrong, but what's up with these pandemic babies trying to hold on to the very last minute? And they come no, out looking like the Hulk. What is it? Maybe Hulk babies. <laughs> Well, they be eating good in there. That's and they be true. like, if I come out, I got to eat breast milk. I don't want that. I want the fried chicken that you was eating last That's week. That's true, yeah. So I get it. Yeah, I I think I was, I was a long baby. I wasn't like a really big baby. I think I was just like seven pounds, but I was like 22 inches. But you're tall, aren't like, you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kept the, I kept the height. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually what happens. Like if you're a long coming out, you're going to be tall. Oh my God. But I'm like, if I'm tall and I got a big head. Yeah. What if I have a baby by somebody who got a big head and it's tall? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even if I use, like, sperm donor or whatever, like, mm-hmm. I don't have to. And I was like, do I have to give short men a chance? Do I have to give the short kings a chance? You might. I can't. I can't do, I can't do the long, <laughs> big head baby. Like, I you might have to to just, like, balance it out. Or either, like, oh or either you just find another tall king and then you just have a super giant baby. Hell no. <laughs> so go bigger, go home. What do you mean? <laughs> shout out to all the doulas. Shout out to everybody having a baby right now. Like Y'all wow. are y'all are God's bravest soldiers, for real. Because truly, y'all <laughs> And then you gotta raise that motherfucker? No. For over eighteen years? Help. I I'm God. clocking out. Sorry. Like I'd be <laughs> like, whoa. I would just be probably be looking at it like, wow, you don't know anything. And that, I think that's so amazing. When yeah. I look at, like, my cousin's baby, I'm like, wow, you don't know anything. At all. At all. Nothing and going that's on that's so in beautiful. There. Like, yeah. cherish that. No, for as long as you, you can't can. read. <laughs> you can't read nothing. You have no idea what I'm, what I'm saying right now. Like, cherish that. Be grateful. I'll have to be a baby again. Ugh. <laughs> 
Um, that was kind of a lot about nothing. And that reminds me of a <laughs> trivial trivia. It's a trivia game where I see all that you know about a whole lot of nothing. I'm not actually going to let you pick the category this time. Okay. Switching it up. All um, right. Wow. I'm going to give you the category. <laughs> but I'm going to give you A, B, C, D answers. Okay. So your category is just art. Okay. Art in general. That's right. what I've picked for you. Because I felt like we didn't talk a lot about art, and I wanted to make sure that that really got highlighted. Okay. So your first question. What kind of cans did Andy Warhol famously paint? A, tuna cans, B, Campbell soup cans, or C, trash cans? B. Campbell soup cans. Yeah. That's correct. Purr. <laughs> yeah. He, Andy Warhol, he's an interesting man, and he's lived a very interesting life, but one thing very about him, he's he going to paint some cans. cans. Exactly. He's going <laughs> to paint some Campbell soup cans. <laughs> Two... James Franco once sold a sculpture made out of A, Legos, B, Dryerland, or C, Air. <laughs> I'm going to say B, Dryerland. Not Dryerland. He actually sold a sculpture out of Air. It sold for like over a million dollars. Believe in yourself, Brie. You can literally <laughs> get an no, any gallery. No, because anything. I think about this all the time. I'm like, look, I see some stuff and I'm like, so that's what y'all like? That's really what I like. There was a painting, painting, and it was just blank canvas. It was just white. It was just white. I think if you can write a good artist statement, you'll go far. Well, let me get to work, child, (laughs) because they out here selling air. They out here selling air for millions of dollars. That's some money laundering scheme if I ever heard one. (laughs) (laughs) Number three. This art form rejects traditional logic, reason, and capitalistic aesthetics in favor of self-described nonsense, irrationality, and anti-bourgeoisie artistic protests. Is it A, cubism, B, surrealism, or C, dadaism? Um, I'm going to go with... I thought it was B, surrealism. I'm just going to go with B. It's not surrealism. It's, it's C, dadaism. I knew it. I knew it was Dada. Yeah, Dadaism was formed in the uh, after or during really the World War One, and mm-hmm. it was a direct protest to the mass excess of death and in favor of like capitalism pursuit. I'll give you the point back if you can tell me what country it started in. Yeah, I'm losing that point. <laughs> <laughs> it started in Switzerland, which is so really? funny. But I guess Switzerland was neutral during World War One, so uh-huh. I guess that would make sense. And then oh. it spread to the United States and it spread to France and the France the French like ate it up. They loved Dada. Oh, they love, yeah. Yeah, they love anything. That I know. <laughs> but no, I World War One is kinda like I'm not really interested in World War like any of the wars. I don't know why, but I'm just I think that's normal. I think everybody who's really interested in the wars, like to an unhealthy extent, is the weird ones. And we've been forced to normalize it. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Any guy, and it's always the guys, they're like, I'm such a history nerd. And it's like, oh, what kind of history do you like? And it's like World War Two, and I'm like, yeah, no, get away from me. Yeah, no, no, you're good. <laughs> you can leave that over there. Literally. Okay. Question four. This artist's first work sold for two hundred dollars in 1981. In 2017, this piece, untitled, sold for 110.5 million dollars. Is it A. Basquiat, B. Augusta Savage, or C. Alma Thomas? I'm gonna go with A. Basquiat. It is Basquiat. (sighs) Poor Basquiat. To have your work devalued within your life and then after you die, it is worth... Well, it wasn't really devalued in his life, but... It just wasn't. It was underappreciated. 
it was underappreciated and it was um it was seen as ghetto art and just graffiti when so much more mm, yeah this yeah and even if it was so yeah, that's true that's very true <laughs> that man should have been paid his coins he really should have um final question is number five which famous painting was vandalized in 2022 with a piece of cake to protest climate change is it a the scream b the mona lisa or c viva la vida watermelons wasn't it b mona lisa that's correct it was the mona lisa a man dressed up as an old woman in a wheelchair wheeled himself up to the front of the mona lisa and smashed it with a piece of cake it only hit the glass but it was to protest climate change Uh, he was like why do we care so much about this stupid painting when we don't care about the earth uh, and they arrested him and put him in a mental institution i mean the cake though like we couldn't have come up with anything else we couldn't have thought of it well i think in france like guns and stuff are illegal so that's true and also let them let them eat cake very important oh that's a good yeah yeah that's the one thing that yeah did maria she never actually said that Antoinette. no she didn't and, and she, i don't even she didn't like cake she liked meringue yeah you're right i don't know why we both know that it's very odd do you watch a lot of weird history i do on youtube i do i love i used to watch history. drunk history uh, um, i love that too yeah anything i love anything history. history related besides the wars <laughs> besides the wars besides the wars yeah that is the end of our game. Um, I'm going to give you 400 points for that. Okay. I don't know. That was a good round. That's fair. Um, and that's going to be like the end of our first set of games. We're going to listen to you and talk about what you do. And then we'll come back after the break. Okay. Hey, y'all. Breeze Aroni here. Just an artist in Hoodoo based in the Los Angeles area. I offer services in personalized art commissions, tarot, mediumship, and fashion styling. I began my journey of artistry with becoming a licensed cosmetologist and the path of artistry began unfolding in front of me. From being a makeup enthusiast to becoming a licensed and practicing anyway, life has given me many outlets and sources of creation. Since taking a break from the beauty industry in 2019, I found solace in art and painting to assist easing the stresses of the outside world. Through meditation, a continuing education and research, I've been blessed with the ability to embrace the intuitive gifts I possess, including ancestral divination and communication. Stop by my website at breezeroni.com, that's B-R-I-Z-E-R-O-N-I.com, or reach out to me on multiple social media platforms at BreeBabyZeroni. Thanks for listening. And we're back. So thank you so much, Bree, for coming out and hanging out with me on the show. Uh, Unfortunately, that is the end of our game. But before we sign off, I have one more thing for you. We're going to spin the wheel, um, and then whatever it lands on, you'll be able to do. So, <laughs> okay. let's go. You have gotten peace offering. So, you can give us a prayer for peace. You can give us sometimes words of encouragement or something good to sign off with. I think a lot of times on our podcast, we end with the worst, but sometimes it's nice <laughs> to just have a piece of goodness. Yeah. So you have a minute and 30 to do a prayer, to do whatever over all of this. <laughs> um. Okay. Start. Uh, well, first off, I just want to say thank you to Adriana and B for having me on the podcast. This has been an amazing experience and it's been so wonderful to like catch up with you guys, or at least with B. Um, it's been really cool to like see everyone grow and I really conti- like hope to continue to see everyone grow and, and prosper in their own right. 
And to all the listeners out there, um, don't let anybody tell you you can't be anything you want to be. Don't let the current state of the world try and push you into a box because we're not supposed to be in boxes, especially if you are weird, if you're quirky, if you feel like you don't fit in, you've never fit in. Be yourself and that's going to put you exactly where you need to be. Um, to anybody who's struggling right now just to hang on, anybody that's really having a rough time making it through the pandemic, making it through these last two years, these last three years, just know that you are loved and you're seen and you are definitely supposed to be here even when it feels like you're not supposed to. So that's really all that I have to say. I wish that everybody, you know, I hope you make your money. I hope you get the coins up. I hope you have a consistent love in your life. And yeah, I'll just hope that everybody is well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for that, Bree. Yeah. Um, everybody, that is really the end of our show now. And if you want, you can follow Bree on social media everywhere at BrieBabyZeroni. Um, all of your cash app and other links are in the description and we hope you guys have a good rest of your day. See you next month. Bye. Bye guys. That's the end of this episode of the halftime show with the halftime show with is a subsidiary of the one and a half lesbians podcast. The spinoff is designed, written and produced by me. Be the half. Our theme song is a remix maniac spin on the original price is right theme song with edits by me. Episodes are edited by Adriana. Our interchangeable logo was illustrated by Vanika Bibra. Special thanks to our production partner, Amina Iro, our guest of the month. And of course, listeners like you. Thank you.